Yo, what's up? Skinny from Mushroom Head, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks, goddammit. Hello, everyone. This is your bass player, Billy Sheehan, from the Laundry Dogs. So you're listening to my good friend, Sean, here on Iron City Rocks. This is Madam Mayhem, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, hey, this is Johannes Mavatar, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 305 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Starting off this episode, we bring you an interview with Johannes from the band Avatar. Avatar was just here in Pittsburgh playing at the Alder Bar and they put on one hell of an amazing show. Arguably one of the most entertaining bands I've ever seen. They also, uh, right now, are touring the United States playing the World's Loudest Month Festivals. They'll be at Rock at the Range. And this week, they've also got a new album dropping called Feathers and Flesh. Before we get that interview, though, here is a track from that album. This is called The Eagle Has Landed. With me, I've got Johannes from the band Avatar. How are you doing today, Johannes? Doing good. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, right now, you guys are, in, uh, I guess, starting your North American tour. You guys have done some of the uh, world's loudest month festivals, Carolina Rebellion, Fort Rock, and whatnot. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how uh, these shows have been going? Oh, it's all been all good, and I definitely like the fact how... Um how uh, we, uh, you know, each time we come back, we get booked on a couple more festivals. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess for the last three years, we've been ha- have been in the States during this specific period, so it all starts to melt together a bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you see crowds are growing, we get, get to go to places where we haven't been before, also this time at least haven't headlined before, so it's all going the way it should. Cool. Um, guys doing all the uh, festivals, like I mentioned, like uh, Carolina Rebellion, you got uh, Rock on the Range coming up, which is another big one, and then you're doing a bunch of uh, smaller shows, like tonight you're playing the Alder Bar in Pittsburgh. Um, 
you talk a little bit about the differences between playing the big festivals and playing like the smaller shows? The major difference that I think about more than size is, you know, how long mm-hmm. we get to be on stage right, and, right. you know, how much of our actual our own show we get the chance to do for you know because it's really cool to be in front of those huge crowds mm-hmm. uh, on a festival and especially you know if you get to return to somewhere where you've been before you know so there is recognition there already uh, but you know at the same time a 35 minute set will always be like a movie trailer for you know for uh, sure. for, for the headline show so 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 that makes me prefer uh, of course to play a show in our own name way more and also the fact that you know if you're indoors if you're uh, you know you control the environment in a completely different way exactly. and it fits the theatrical aspects of what we do right. much better now uh, talking a little bit about the theatrical aspects um, right around well, when Black Waltz came out you guys adopted like you know, the makeup mm-hmm. and uh, can you talk a little bit about how that came about well what happened is that while working on uh, Black Walls, we uh, we knew as while doing the music, we knew as much as that we wanted to find a way of visualizing properly what we were doing musically. But we, in the beginning, it was very much a searching and exploration to get to the point where we ended up. And one thing that happened along the way is is that because certain circumstances made it so we met Bryce Graves of this sideshow freak show thing a group uh, Helsa Poppin right. that he's running he happens to be in Sweden it, it, we figure that's a perfect fit to do a music video for the track Black Walls of the album and we and then and there it was just about having me fit into the environment to the feel we made of the music video like because right. we had just so much perform with the three people in there doing their thing it was so much performance going on so it didn't really make sense for uh, according to us you know to have the whole band being there and play as well it would be a bit of a crowded thing but we still felt you know singers gotta sing and to kind of connect it to being an avatar music video right and in that process we just you know uh, we're thinking like uh, yeah scary clowns are scary and that's cool and this circus and that fits the song so it was just it at the, at the moment when we figured it all out it was just intended for for that specific time and place but what happened is that it just it just clicked it just something that felt so incredibly right right and we we just get the sensation that oh yeah we found the face of the music here mm-hmm. now you guys have a very entertaining live show mm-hmm. thank um, you you thought like what goes into uh putting together an avatar show well again it's uh we kind of, you know, you, you build it from the bottom and up. Uh, that the foundation always has to be there in any band that you should be able to have. Right. You should have a show, a performance that works in sweatpants and flip-flops. Mm-hmm. Meaning that your be- the greatest stage prop, stage prop you could ever have is your eyes. Right. And it's, rehearsing is good. So we do that. <laughs> and then on top of that, it's again all about visualizing the music. Uh, like this time around, for instance, um, with uh, Feathers and Flesh being the concept album it is, and it's all based at, around a certain Nordic vibe, we uh, we kind of... Uh, excuse me. Uh, we kind of have everything that we do now connect to that Scandinavian thing, mm-hmm. like the clothes we are wearing a bit are based around late 1800-something-something folk costumes right. from Sweden. And... And that reflects in the music, reflects in the storytelling, and you know the backdrop 
wood, uh, woodland inspired and all that to try to make it all connect and make sense with where we're at right now right now uh, let's talk a little bit about the new album because it comes out uh, mm-hmm. Friday May 13th well, actually it's two years since they held the apocalypse yeah which here. is crazy I, I didn't <laughs> think about it uh, someone told me like oh, okay we're, we're cooler than I knew <laughs> you know I, I, I did not realize that until it happened um, so, like you mentioned, it's a concept album. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about how you guys put together the story? And, and um crazy thing, I think uh, it went really fast. Uh, April last year is when we really started to sit, say, okay, now it's serious. Now this process starts for real. You know, right. there's always people are always writing and their idea tossed around. And I mean, in one way or another, yeah, the next album is already in the making as you and I speak here. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, but there's always a day when you say all right let's you know meet up let's okay. sit down and talk exclusively about music that happened april last year and we recorded it in december so it, and for us and considering how much we toured and stuff it's been very intense but yeah it's a fable mm-hmm. it's a fable about an owl who goes uh, to war to stop the sun from rising and naturally she fails because you cannot stop the sun from rising right. Uh, but she's this nocturnal huntress as owls are um, queen of the night sky and so on and as far as she remembers and her understanding of the world she has only ever known the night Mm -hmm. but this particular night an eagle appears enters the stage and proclaims that he's bringing the sunlight he's bringing the dawn and that means the beginning of his kingdom and the end of her rule and she needs to step aside and uh, and that uh, yeah, and and the whole story then goes through her journey through this forest land where she lives, uh, meeting a whole bunch of other creatures, which, as in any fable, represent different ideas, mindsets, ideals, and they kind of you know, and they clash there, and how potentially she could have learned a lot on mm-hmm. this journey and become much wiser than she started out. But sadly, she doesn't, and right. that's kind of if there's some moral to the story, as there should be in a fable, it's that is to make that observation how, as people, we are in a in a position that we are access to knowledge mm-hmm. is greater than ever, access to facts, access to debate, discussion, and whatever you know, it's it's there around us in a way it has never been before. But are we much wiser for it? Not really. Sadly, it seems you know, mm-hmm. as soon as things start to turn a bit south. Uh, the demagogues can take over as you know and I don't know uh, if your relationship crashes did you repeat the same mistake as you did in the last couple of them yeah maybe you know like we are we should should be able to be be wiser creatures than we are Uh, but naturally we fail so so does the owl Um, now was your original intention to write the concept album or is that just yeah well it was it's always about it started you know with the idea that we want it to be hard to make an album and we don't want to repeat ourselves and we just we are looking for the next challenge the next way to make it hard Mm -hmm. because when it's hard that's when you keep yourself on your toes and uh, you know there's a knife on your throat there's a risk of immense failure that's when you make sure you do something great or that's how we reason you know otherwise we kind of lean back on we were very extremely happy with how we did Black Walls, mm-hmm. which is why we recorded Hail the Apocalypse in a completely different way and did it live. And we're extremely pleased with Hail the Apocalypse, which is why now we add something that wasn't there to make something that is for us completely new. And uh, just pushing pushing our own uh, 
limitations all the time trying to reach a new you know a, a new place as an artist each and every time cool now you guys worked with Sylvia Massey on this mm -hmm. album she produced uh, Tool a couple Tool albums Deftones mm -hmm. uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers um, how did you hook up with her and what did she bring to your process well through management introduced her in a process where we were you know we were looking at quite a few names and uh, most of them uh, carrying some their names carrying some weight in the business and all that and what we just felt in those occasions when we got to speak with them uh, got this far it always felt more too much and too soon like a business meeting mm -hmm. and usually yeah I had I have these platinum albums so I got my formula you have to fit in my mold right you right. come to me you know like and uh, for good reasons maybe but you know we are looking for as part of this challenge to someone that also you know meets us where we are at and uh, that is something that Sylvia totally was she, she was curious about us enthusiastic about the mm -hmm. conceptual ideas and just again wanted to push the boundaries and found a place where none of us had been to record and you know like this she brings excitement and she describes it herself like this um, I think she's even written about it, uh, how there are, you know, three kind of branches of producers. Mm -hmm. Those with the more engineering background, uh, uh, that's kind of, at some point get promoted right. in the studio from being this engineer to producer. Right. And so it's very audiophiliac and, and technical in that sense, and a great asset for most bands, because we have no idea what's going on mm -hmm. with those bells and whistles. And then the second kind come, you know, from musician background and, you know, and enters from that direction and uh, and the third one I fail to remember what she would how she described it but in short it's the kind of artsy fartsy type right the right. vibe builder or you know like uh, rarely play an instrument themselves and rarely knows editing very well but you know there's still something to them their understanding of music or mm -hmm. whatever uh, brings something to the table that also is a fantastic asset all these three things can be great Sylvia come carries all three things very knowledgeable and brilliant in you know sound creation right. and, and where to put that microphone and all that is part of her process as, as a producer at the same time when we figure out choir arrangements she's right there between the C and the C sharp what do we do mm -hmm. and and then she paints in the studio and then you know there's a there's a party going on every time we nail a new exciting or strange idea and pushing the boundaries and spontaneously doing vocals lying down in the sofa in the middle of something else just because the vibe was there you know so right. she carries all three things and with those three things this enthusiasm for it and just again and always had this touch where like if something wasn't quite working especially according to her how she could without you know without telling us what to do steer us in a good direction you mm -hmm. know like always always made it s smooth transitions right. was like massage you know dissolving those knots in your back mm -hmm. without us realizing it um so after uh, the album comes out on friday like like you mentioned before um, is there any plans of maybe doing performing the whole album live since it's a concept album or is that something that's too far away to think about right now? Right now it's kind of too far away. Now enough people have asked about it so we have to start right, considering right. it. <laughs> but it's just, 
uh, the album has to be out for right. for a while for that you know now on this part of the tour where we're at right now we play those four songs people have had mm-hmm. a chance to hear and we'll build from there of course but it's also right now feels important that when we've done something so specific as this fable this story right uh, this now is all about also to integrate that into what Avatar has been up mm-hmm. until this point. True. Right. So it's because there is the concept of the album, then there's the concept of the band, mm-hmm. as you know, we treat the, every aspect of the band as artwork. Right. So it has to fit into that, and uh, so that's what we're dealing with right now. And when time passes, at some point, it, it might be interesting to do something like that. Absolutely. Right. Right. But that's also the kind of show you want to do, maybe with you know five trucks of production. Exactly. And, you know. Yeah. Um, now, because it is a concept album and every song, you know, makes up the story as a whole, is there any concerns about, like, fans, like, you know, going, like, with the streaming and stuff, not getting the whole story? Or is I that think something that you, you consider when you do a concept album? I think there's a huge part of the world that loved the song Comfortably Numbed by Pink Floyd without having dwelled full into the story of, of the right. whole album. And I think it's part of the nature when you do when you do songs you know <laughs> and and yes yeah, some will take it like that but I think also what the general now that you can see so directly through social media and you know right. what, what what we are being asked about stuff there is a curiosity for it and I think people welcome think something like this as well cool. it's a uh, you know it's where it's not the first concert album in the world but in the here and now it feels like a really fresh approach mm-hmm. and you know kind of reviving something that's been gone for a while uh, with that being said, and speaking again of, of The Wall, we also consciously did an album that had songs. Right. It's not just that it has one story in a concert, it has 14 kick-ass songs that you can take out of the context of the story and perform on stage among our old, you know, our back catalog, and right. it works. And it's, it's still, you know, heavy metal, fist in the air, bang your head, open the beer you know turn on the grill or whatever people you know dry really fast and all those things that you want from a metal album we were very conscious about that we're we're not going to lose what we what we are just because you know we add things but we don't really remove stuff like that it's still a heavy metal album the way we feel like heavy metal should and could be in the here and now right you know cool cool now after this tour after you know you got the festivals here in the states what you guys got next we are going uh, <coughs> for festival season in Europe. Uh, also, some dates like uh, we are opening for Disturbed a bit in Germany, and uh, you know, travel around the continent a bit, the old world. Right. And as it looks now, we will return in the beginning of the fall or late summer. Calling <laughs> on this this far away from the North Pole, we call it late summer. Right. Uh, <laughs> And it uh, looks like we'll return here, and you know, and then we bounce back and forth. It's all about putting right. putting the stuff on stage. Cool. Awesome. Somewhere in between, we'll figure out where to make the next music video and all right. all those right. goodies. Now you guys got some, you mentioned music videos. I gotta ask you about music videos because you guys got some really cool music videos. Mm, They're you. not your typical performance videos. You got no, concepts exactly. and stuff behind them. How involved are you guys in the in the production of the videos? Well, that, I guess that's the thing. It's one hundred percent. We have a small team uh, this kind of DIY projects to the extent where it's physically possible for us to remain in control of it is like yeah, every every script has come from in the last few years either from me John or Yuan who is like photographer director right. and yeah everything he's a one-man film crew mm-hmm. 
and you know and together with the rest of the band and a few people around us we we create these things cool you know in our backyards <laughs> to the again to the extent right. where it's possible and like the, the i guess it's, it premieres tomorrow well two days ago in the <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this past Monday, uh, we uh, released uh, the Eagle Has Landed, okay. for instance, and there, it was the biggest production to date. Meaning, you know, we had to hire a few more people, but right. still, the brains behind it are, is always the band and this guy you want. And yeah, cool. We treat them as songs with the same, right. with the same respect as the music, and make sure that they're part of the music and the whole experience. Cool. And I think you guys, I love your videos. No, and I think it really you. does like kind of translate who you guys are and. It, you know, it takes the whole experience and puts them there on your computer. Too many bands standing in air hangars or in storage facilities right. with a stroboscope, <laughs> and uh, we we don't think the world needs another music video like that. Right, right, cool. Well, I want to thank you for taking time to talk to us, and I wish you a lot of luck on the road. I'm looking forward to the show tonight. And, My pleasure, uh, man. Hopefully, we'll see you a lot more. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, I'd like to thank you, Hans, for taking the time to talk to us. Avatar is currently out on the road. If you get a chance to check them out, make sure you do. New album drops May 13th. It's called Feathers and Flesh. Up next on the show, we have an interview with Madam Mayhem. Madam Mayhem is currently out on the road with Mushroom Head. They'll be hitting the altar bar here in Pittsburgh on May 17th. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from her newest album, Now You Know. This is called Monster. Please welcome to the show, Madam Mayhem. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Uh, doing well. Thanks for asking. Um, so you guys are currently out on tour with uh, Mushroom Head. The tour just started a couple of days ago. Uh, so I know you're only on in the tour, but can you tell us uh, what the first few shows have been like for you guys? Oh, it's been awesome. It's been great touring with Mushroom Head and, and with Product of Hate. They're, they're a great group of guys, and, and it's, it's great to be uh, the band that gets to warm up the crowd for Mushroom Head. Everyone's been really... Uh, digging it and, and we're thrilled and we love meeting new people and all the shows have been going great. You've had, you know, you kind of have a little bit of theatrics in your show. Mushroom Head has a lot of theatrics. Uh, what what are you looking forward to most, you know, for this whole tour? I think it's really just being able to play live. I mean, the stage is where I feel most at home and where I'm the most comfortable and where I have the most fun. So every time I hit the stage, I like to try a few different things here and there. And uh mm-hmm. 
you know, just meet, meeting new fans. There's a lot of cities that we haven't hit yet that we're going to be hitting on this tour, so uh, that's that's pretty exciting. Is there any uh, cities you're looking forward to in particular? Well, there's there's a lot of them. I think every one of them, you know, you find right. fans that that are just discovering you or even people that you didn't even know knew who you were, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Every city's a new experience. Do um, you guys get a chance to, like, explore the cities at all when you're out, or is it too hectic right now? A little bit. I mean... We are playing in a different place each night. I think we only have uh, two days off, I would say, if I'm remembering correctly, for the whole uh, tour. So, you know, we kind of go from place to place. But uh, whenever we can get a couple minutes to, you know, just walk around and see, you know, the area a bit, that's always uh, fun. So it's a little bit. Right, right. Now, when you you guys just finished up a tour with Doro, um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Because she's, you know, pretty influential. Was she one of your influences when you were growing up? Oh, absolutely. I mean, she is the queen of metal. And, uh, right. you know, having those strong female influences in this genre, it was rare at a time. And now, you know, there's more and more people coming up that are chicks. And I think that's, that's amazing, even though we've all been doing it for a while. Finally getting that recognition is great. But being on the Doro tour was an amazing experience. We all shared the bus as well. And, and, the Madame Mayhem band and Doro band and Doro and I, we all got along so great as a crew and, and it was really fun. And I think the fans really liked it. Like, like the mix of the two uh, chicks rocking out. <laughs> right. Right. Now, what do you, uh, what do you guys do to prepare for a tour? I mean, there's a lot of logistics that go into place, but really it's just, you know, making sure we can put on the best live performance or rehearsal and seeing what kind of a show we can give and, uh, you know, just, just do the best we can each time. Now, um, you uh, recently released, uh, I guess this would be your second album back in October, Now You Know. Um, you, can you talk a little bit about this album, how it came together? I know you had a lot of uh, great guests on this album as well. Oh, yeah, I, I was very fortunate. Um, Billy Sheehan uh, has been a mentor of mine for years, and we started writing together, and he liked my voice, which I really appreciated, and uh, we decided mm-hmm. to make an album together. So he co-wrote most of the songs on the record with me, and he produced the whole thing. I also wrote some songs with Corey Lowry, and uh, then we have uh, Ray Lugier on drums, Russ Parrish, and Bumblefoot on guitars, and it's just it's pretty incredible. Uh, every time I listen back, you know, to the album, I, I just get really pumped up thinking of who, you know, was able to help bring my music to life. And, and I think it's a real introduction or reintroduction, I may say, as to who Madame Mayhem is, you know, who I am as an artist and as a musician. Right, right. Now, this, uh, your first album, White Noise, came out in 2012. Is there anything, like, uh, you did different this time with the second album or is there anything you wanted to try different or is can you talk a little bit about how you grew between each album oh yeah absolutely i think that white noise was an amazing experience and i really learned a lot as a writer and as an artist and i think over the years i've really been able to hone my craft and even more as a writer and and i think now you know is a great representation of who i want to be as an artist going forward and the style of music even though they are very similar and you know, it's still me. I think uh, this new album's a bit heavier in the music, and and that's just where I kind of wanted to go with it. Cool. Um, now, with um, this album, you had a you, you covered a song at the end. You have a cover of a Dion Warwick song, which is kind of out there, <laughs> I guess, for for you know metal 
album. Um, can you talk a little bit about why you chose that song, what that song means to you? Yeah. B- Billy and I were trying to think of what would be the, a great song to cover, you know, throw it at the end, and we thought maybe it would be cool to, to do a song that, you know, would be great in my range that we both really enjoyed listening to because both of us have really eclectic taste in music um, mm-hmm. and something that would kind of throw everyone for a loop you know we didn't want to do the generic cover of a you know that a typical metal or rock band would, would do so we kind of wanted to throw it out of left field but still make it raw and real and uh, I think I think it throws people off but in, in a right. good way so far <laughs> that's what I've been hearing people are a little shocked but then they end up digging it so uh, that's what we were trying to do and luckily we succeeded <laughs> Is this is this one of the songs you're doing live? Will you be doing this one live? No, no, that's just special for the album. For this tour, okay. we're, we're we're hitting everyone pretty hard. Right, right. Now, uh, you know, with the two albums, are you focusing mainly on the new one, or are you going to be throwing any of the older songs in as well? For now, we're we're hitting up the new the new album just because those are those are the songs that uh, we really just want to get out there and that people haven't heard yet. So this right. round, it'll be the new record. And uh, can you talk a little bit about how, how the fans' reactions to the new songs? Yeah. Uh, so far, they've been positive from what I've been hearing. You know, I don't right. know if anyone's come up to me. No one has said, you guys suck yet. So that's, <laughs> that's exciting. No, people have been really receptive, and, and I appreciate that. And there's a lot of people that, you know, are diehard, you know, mushroom had fans or and they're like, right. yo, we didn't even realize we would love this, and we love this. And, and for me, that that's a great thing, you know, because – you know, you don't have to love it right away, but if people, these the fans that we've been dealing with, which I'm so thankful for, you know, appreciate, you know, a band that, you know, has their stuff together no matter what it is, whether they're screaming or singing. If, right. it's, if it's music that, that's raw and real and, and the artist is staying true to what they're doing, then people are going to like it. So I, I've been I've been thrilled with the, the reaction. Right, cool. And your uh, what what's your favorite part of of, of touring? Because I know for now, like bands seem to have to stay out on the road constantly, so I, you have to really kind of love touring. So, what's your favorite part? Of it touring? really is every. I mean, this might sound super obvious, but it's just every right. time I'm on stage because that's ever since I was a little kid, all I wanted to do was just perform live, perform live, perform live, and and the fact that I get to do it every single night. For right. a, a month is a dream come true. Cool. Now, can you talk a little bit about how you start, got started in music? Because you mentioned, you, you know, since you're a little girl, you always wanted to be up on stage. Yeah, well, I've always been a fan of rock and metal, but um, because I was New York born, I uh, got into the musical theater circuit and I was uh, classically trained in opera as well. So oh, wow. I did a lot of that kind of stuff. So I definitely was able to hone my craft uh, and I studied music in university as well and always. Whenever I was done, whether it was a show or what, whatever it was, I was always listening, you know, to my metal playlist uh, right. on the way home. Right. So I knew that this was the path I wanted to take at the end of the day. And uh, who were your biggest influences growing up? That's hard because I think I, I always tried to find influences in everyone and everything that anyone was doing. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of a mix. But I mean, Pat Benatar, uh, you know, in terms of females. Sure. ass, and then of course you have the obvious Alice Cooper, Ozzy, Dio, you know right. people like that, and then even to more modern type things, you know whether it was uh, Trent Reznor or you know Disturbed or anyone like that. Just growing up, if every time I could hear an influence of someone who was really passionate about what they were doing, that's that's who I gravitated towards. Sure, sure. Now, is there any uh, you know what's, what would your dream tour be right now? 
Oh, I don't even know. I mean, as long as I'm on the road, honestly, <laughs> right. as long as I'm on the road, I, I'm living the dream. But, you know, I've actually never seen Metallica live, and I really want to. So oh, wow. I would say if I could, I know it's, it's actually really depressing <laughs> that I've never seen them live. So if I could open for them and then get to watch them every night, that would be pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, uh, they put on amazing shows. Actually, one yeah, of the, I've heard. My very first concert was Metallica. So it was, oh, jealous. I'm very jealous. <laughs> that was a long time ago, too. So, um, but you got some really cool videos out. I really dig the one for uh, for Monster. You also have Left for Dead, and you know they're they're more they're different than your typical you know performance videos that you see a lot of times now. Can you talk a little bit about how these videos came together? Yeah, um, I got to work with a great crew out in LA and um, spoke with them and just kind of told them what the songs were about and some ideas, and they were able to help me bring them to life. You know, Mon- the Monster video is not about it, it's about not letting people tell you who to be and at the time when we were when I was writing a song with Corey Lowry I was in the middle of people being like oh you should do this or you should be like that yeah. or why are you doing this and and then I finally just lost it and was like this is what I'm going to be and I'm embracing it and I'm proud of it and that's what it is and so I wanted the the video to kind of of course depict that and I think that it did a great job of that and it was also a lot of fun to film and and Left 4 Dead was a lot of fun as well and it was kind of more of a concept video where you know whether it's a relationship uh, struggle or an internal struggle or you know a struggle with something that happened in your past uh, you know just you being the one that can be strong enough to uh, walk away and that's why you know we smashed that dollhouse, which was really right. interesting because it was a very sturdy dollhouse. I must say that that thing was built very well, and I felt kind of bad destroying it because it was just so beautifully done. Right, right. <laughs> but we, we were able to do it. So whoever hasn't seen it yet should definitely check it out because it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you have plans for other videos after this, or is that you're just going to focus on on touring for uh, the foreseeable future? Well, we're always uh, filming, whether it's live. We actually have been live streaming at random while we're playing these oh, past cool. few shows. Yeah, just uh, whenever we get a chance. And, and I think that we're always we're always just filming and videoing, see what we can put together. Definitely want to put something live together at the end of this tour. And, you know, always always thinking of new ideas for music videos. So right. everyone should just keep out. Uh, well, whatever we post, we'll usually either post it. If it's live, it could either be Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, or if yeah, for the for the uh, official videos, you can go to uh, Madam Mayhem official YouTube page, and uh, right. you can see all that. And if you subscribe, then every time we just decide to post up a new uh, music video, people will be able to see it. Cool, cool. Now, do you, do you write on the road too, or do you try and just focus on performing? Performance is always first and foremost, but whenever we get some time, I'm I'm always writing. Uh, I right. even started writing. A couple uh, two weeks ago, while even while we were getting ready for this tour, I had a few days off, and I was like, "All right, let's write," because um, I I can't sit still if I'm not performing right. or we're not getting ready for something. I got to be writing constantly. There's always got to be sure. something in my mind that has to come out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this tour wraps up. I think it's a little over a month long. Uh, what are your plans after uh, after the Mushroom Head tour? Well, we would love to hit the road again shortly after. I don't know. Uh, exactly what or where but we're definitely in the works of figuring that out and right. uh yes yeah, people just look on the website then we'll figure it out hopefully before the show is done 
Cool, cool. Well, I hope to see uh, a lot of you out on the road. I know you guys will be in Pittsburgh on uh, May 17th, so we're definitely yes. looking forward to uh, catching you there. Um, yes. So, cool. I want you know, thanks for coming on the show, talking with us, uh, and uh, we'll see you here real soon. Yes, I look forward to it. Got to thank Madam Mayhem for coming on the show and talking to us. She'll be editing Ultra Bar on May 17th with Mushroom Head. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Check out our Instagram at instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Until next time, thanks for listening. 